This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hi, I'm Bex. And I'm Laura. And this is the worst girl gang ever. We're thrilled to have a new sponsor, Bauer Swimwear. Design-led and thoughtfully created for a slower pace of life, Bauer is an environmentally conscious swimwear brand that are championing change in the apparel industry. Combining high fashion with functionality, Bauer's luxury swim and resort wear is designed to look and feel exceptional. The brand's beautifully constructed collections are inspired by art, iconic design and childhoods by the beach in Sydney. Each piece is made by small ateliers in Italy and Portugal using recycled and responsibly sourced fabrics. Bauer is committed to creating a positive, diverse and fairly paid working environment. Plus, 1% of profits are donated to the Healthy Seas Initiative, helping to close the loop. Read more about their sustainability commitments and shop the full spring-summer 21 collection now at bowerswimwear.com. Also, we can give a discount, 25% off with code TWGGE. Hello and welcome to this very special episode. Very, of, very Sorry. Yeah, you will be. Of the worst <laughs> girl gang ever. Whee! Why is it very special, Bex? I don't know. Because it's just us? Yes, exactly uh, that. Oh, uh, yes. Exactly that. It's <coughs> just Where us. Can you hear the rain pitter-pattering on my roof? No. Oh. Is anyone else? Right into the studio on a postcard if you can. Yeah. Um, so how are we? What's new? We haven't recorded for ages. No, goodness, we haven't. It's been a long time. It's been so long that I've lost my headphones. So uh, apologies if I sound far a bit echoey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's been going on? We've had our first birthday anniversary, whatever, whatever it's called. Yes, we have. And also, more importantly, most excitingly, we've launched our very first um, Pathway to Recovery miscarriage. We have. We're one week in, aren't we? We are one week in. And it was just so, it's been so lovely to read some of the reviews as well. Yeah, they are blinding. We need to share them actually on uh, on the old gram so people can, can, uh, well, can read them. There's nothing like first-hand experience, right? Exactly. Yeah. They're probably everyone's probably a bit fed up of us saying this course is really amazing. <laughs> yeah, they're like, well, you would say that because you were what designed. I was going to say designed, curated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, That's we are curators. Course curators. So, what happens if you like cure a sausage? Are you a curator? <laughs> <laughs> like no. a pepperoni. What about if you cure? world debt are you a curator then or just a curer just an absolute ledge <laughs> anyway 
I feel like we're veering swiftly. Uh, yeah, yeah. What are we here to talk about today, Laura? Well, today we are going to talk about triggers and boundaries. Triggers and boundaries. Mm-hmm. Things covered, things, yeah, I mean, they're, they're super, the the whole topic is rife with uh, triggers and yeah. issues, isn't it? Uh, we right. talk a lot about, like, grief and the ugly feelings and all that stuff. Well, actually, we need to talk about the things that cause the grief and that cause the ugly feelings, right? Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about them and try and put some plans in place to protect ourselves from them. Yeah, definitely. And do you so do you think that you can protect yourself from triggers? Yeah, I think you can. I think it takes a lot of uh you know, without getting airy fairy and spiritual on you, Bex. Oh, I think it God, takes a lot of sort of like self-talk and you know inner work with your mind because at the end of the day it is your mind that that causes these triggers to turn into the grief and the ugly feelings right yeah I guess so that is as definitely as as airy fairy as I've ever heard you (laughs) too much time with robo mummy (laughs) she's she's uber airy fairy honestly like, I'm looking forward to it. Well, last time you went for a drink without me, and next time I'll come too. Yeah, definitely. And we'll um, talk about crystals and shit. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I love that stuff. Love it. So anyway. let's get down to business. <gasps> to defeat the Huns. So, triggers then. I was thinking about this earlier. I was thinking about the stuff that used to trigger me. Honestly, I've told you a million times before, I was fucked up okay yeah yeah but yeah like just too many things to to even mention but you know firstly testing right that is okay, yeah so yeah. testing for a pregnancy probably what eight nine days after you've ovulated and aunt Flo rearing her ugly yeah. red head they are some massive triggers do you know what this is this is funny um I did a lateral flow COVID test and um, I found it quite strange to do, quite triggering. And it was positive because obviously I had COVID, which, you know, (laughs) not a secret. And and when the line came up, it was like, it was a very strange sort of feeling. You can't, it's, it's something so inbuilt in your life so far, isn't it? Yeah can't get away from it and then just watching this line appear it's sort of this excitement and dread and and then of course I remember that it meant I had (laughs) (laughs) so but it is a very I think it's such a deep deeply rooted psychological thing triggers are and I've never given them much thought before this arena of my life yeah it's weird isn't it it is weird and not only is a positive a negative pregnancy test triggering you've also when you go through like a missed miscarriage or or any miscarriage and you've got to test afterwards to check that your hcg is has reached zero that's also um also a massive trigger as well isn't it i think that's a massive head fuck i really do and i don't know that i actually ever dealt with mine properly because I did my test three weeks later, praying for a negative, praying for a negative result. And actually it was positive. 
and I had to go back to hospital and stuff. And I know that's really, it's really common, isn't it? And that is, you, you spend so much time praying for a positive pregnancy test and then you see one and you're disappointed. Yeah. You just want it all to be over. And I mean, like, I was like that with my molar, obviously for six months, my HCG oh. it took for it to come down to zero. And um, every week I would ring up Charing Cross Hospital and they would they would tell me and I would just be praying that it come down enough to not have to go and have bloody chemotherapy. A couple of times they were like, Laura, if it doesn't come down next week, then we're going to have to talk about chemotherapy. And yeah, all that time wanting yeah. a positive test. And this was just six months of agony waiting for it to drop down to you know below two or whatever it was um, and that in itself is, is madness isn't it that you 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 have to think your way through that you have to go through that in terms of something that you're so desperate for it's just everything is flipped on its head and I just think it's a really difficult thing to go through mindfuck we call it yeah total mindfuck because also until you get that positive that negative test and until you go through that you can't really focus on the emotional aspect of healing can you because your body still thinks it's pregnant yeah well I guess you could but it's just it's not easy to do that it's you need to you, you can't focus on moving on or trying again which is normally what people that would be your, your, you know, overwhelming thoughts. Right, okay, when can we try again? Um, and, yeah, you can't all the time. You're going through that, waiting for a negative test. But, I mean, aside from tests and uh, periods, ugh, there's yeah. all sorts of other triggers in this whole world of pregnancy loss, right? Every oh, bloody period. It's like, oh, well, oh, I, see. I was so sure it was going to happen this month and it didn't Yeah, really see, happen. I didn't have any of that because... I didn't get periods. Mm. So for me, it was it was all about the negative test because the only way I could ever tell is by doing a negative test. So I dread to think how many negative tests I've taken in my, <laughs> in my life. But I think some people, some women find it triggering to have a period following miscarriage, don't they? Yeah. Because of the blood and because of the, obviously that, that whole... Trauma. Trauma side of yeah. things. I can totally, I didn't personally find it, but I can totally understand why you would. Did you? Yeah. Well, I mean, twice I didn't have a period following the miscarriage because I had another pregnancy and another miscarriage. Yeah. Twice that happened. But um, I guess, no, I didn't because I, I was able to sort of reframe it, I guess, in my head for now that's done, I can start trying yeah. again. It sort of sort of is a hopeful thing. Under it. Okay. And like like I've told you before, every time I um every time I get my period, I work out what my next due date is gonna be. Yeah, that's mad. I don't yeah. know how to So do if that. I fall pregnant this month, my due date well, I, I don't well, I don't work out my due date because I would have to have the baby by C section at thirty eight weeks. So I'll work out that date and there'll be it'll be a month after Bertie's third birthday. Really? Yeah. Okay, as I see it, there's Facebook announcements. Yeah. Baby scan pictures. Yeah. Then there are seeing pregnant women out and about. Yeah, rubbing their tummies, looking at all the cute stuff in mother care. Oh, mother care doesn't exist anymore, does it? No. no. That's at least one thing that we've dealt with already. <laughs> You're welcome, girls. We've sorted yeah. that for you. We took them right out. 
So there's that. And then there's the awful, awful, your friend is pregnant and you are not. Yeah. Your best friend, your sister. Your cousin or your, yeah. Colleague or whoever. Yeah, or your colleague. I think, well, I I remember recently we had someone comment on one of our posts saying that nine of their colleagues were pregnant in their office. and Yeah, it was a bit like that working as a nurse in the NHS. Yeah. People used to joke that there was a seat. Don't sit on that seat, we'll get pregnant. And I'd be like, (laughs) fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Must be something in the water. Yeah. Yeah. Give Uh, me the flat fucking water. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's that that must be so hard because it's something that you're faced with every single day. Like, how do you deal with that? How tell me, Laura, how did you deal with that? Not very well. Uh, uh, Not not very well. Um, ignored it. If someone that I worked with was pregnant, I just didn't talk to them. (laughs) What about no. no, not really. You know, have you got the keys for the drug cupboard? It'd be that sort of chat. What, so you could take some drugs nothing more <laughs> yeah that's really yeah. bad so how and how would you advise someone to do it differently or what would you do differently now if you were to go back <sighs> I don't know how I would deal with that differently but I would definitely try and deal with my shit differently in general and hope that that would make it easier to to live in those situations I couldn't have dealt with it any differently at the time no yeah yeah, I know I couldn't but then I was in a shitty mindset and um yeah just couldn't really cope with much in life so I would probably just seek more help more therapy or I would try something different yeah in the hope that it would it would enable me to manage stuff a bit better that's really interesting, isn't it? Because it's like saying it's not about the sort of the triggers are sort of a symptom. If you imagine it as an illness, mm. the triggers are like a symptom of the illness. So you can't yeah. necessarily just get rid of the trigger, the the symptoms. You have to go to the root of the problem. Yeah, that's the best analogy you've ever come up with. Is it actually? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's it's true. That's how, yeah, I mean it's not it's not like an, an illness or a disease like you say but yeah if it were you're right I've got another one I've got another one. Oh god so if you um you could have finished that on a high now you're going to mess it up no it's, it's getting better so mm-hmm. if you've got if you're in your car and a warning light comes on to say you've got no oil you don't just mm. smash the warning light do you to, no. and then go oh the lights you know or it's ignore the warning light. Anymore. exactly you have to go and put some oil in the car yeah. Because if you just if you just take the light out, everything's still going wrong, but you don't know about it. Yeah. Ignoring it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you yeah? said it was getting better. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Sorry. I think that's a good one though, because I think I think I've never looked at it that before because I've always thought triggers, they you can't get over them. How do you get over them? Because all people say to us, how do you deal with it all the time? And because I've not had a long time in that in that you know in that world I mm. haven't I haven't had to deal with stuff like you have for example I just think I don't know what to say but in terms of I think you're absolutely right I think if you can sort yourself out mentally or get into a better place or help yourself or become part of this community and stuff then it actually builds your resilience doesn't it Definitely. And it you to deal with things in a more positive way. Yeah, and that could that could look like 
you just taking that person aside or messaging them or contacting them in some way and saying, I'm so happy for you. As you know, everything that's been going on with me, I find it really difficult. So please excuse me if I'm not involved in the conversations about your baby. Um, But, you know, when I'm ready to chat to you about it, I will. And I think people very rarely we do get messages from people who have like real shitty dilemmas with family and friends very rarely but most of the time people are really supportive they just don't know how to be supportive so if we can tell them yeah then um, and also I think with infertility and miscarriage and baby loss and all of the stuff that we talk about there is such a lack of control but actually by making these decisions and by by sending a message just like you said you are taking back an element of control of yeah. the situation aren't you yeah and then if they don't listen to you then you have every right to call them every name under the bloody sun bastards okay and you won't feel bad about it because <laughs> okay. they've not done what you asked them to do yeah sure but what what we were saying fundamentally <laughs> is that by gaining control of what you have what you ask for you then I don't know maybe feel like you've you're doing something to help yourself and that must be quite sort of empowered feeling I know it's really hard and and it's not it's not as simple as we've just said because there are lots of situations where you find yourself wanting to say those things and wanting to put those boundaries in place but you don't want to because you don't want to make it an issue because you're just resentful of the fact that you have this going on in your life. Yeah, it's it's really difficult. I've wanted to put boundaries in with people in the past, but just thought, why should I fucking have to? Why should I have to be going through this? And then you just end up getting into sort of like a pit of despair again. Yeah. But um, it is hard making that call and contacting people. But um, yeah, it's also hard being being on the other side of it being that friend who doesn't know what to do for the best because let's face it like with pregnancy announcements you're gonna sort of hate them however they tell you yeah it's really difficult and it's not I think the most the most important thing to say is that it's not that you wish it wasn't there that you wish it was you as well isn't it yeah yeah but just for all those people out there who who do wish it wasn't them I I have felt that a few times (laughs) yeah honestly like to be completely honest with you yeah totally yeah you know you know we always say oh I'm happy for them just sad for me I've had times when I've just not been happy for other people I've just not been able to find it in me because I've just been in such a shit place so I know that there will be other people listening to this who who have also felt that and that's understandable um, though isn't it because it's such a bloody it's such a complicated thing to go through because it's not one size fits all. It's not, it's not a, you have a miscarriage and therefore your set of feelings will be this, this, and this. Mm. It's, you know, and I don't, I mean, baby loss. I don't mean just a miscarriage. I mean, you, you can feel really angry, but then a couple of days later feel no anger at all and complete despair. Yeah, and it's just so hard to predict your feelings when they're so different. Yeah, and you you can feel like you you're you're on top of it. You could see, 
you know, someone you know is pregnant, you see it on Facebook. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Well, I don't really know them that well. I can just like, compartmentalise that, push it to the side. And then the next day you'll see another pregnancy announcement or the next day your mate who was due at the same time as you just has their baby. And these triggers on to one on top of the other is is what causes you to like completely lose your shit and withdraw and just hibernate and hide yeah. in bed, you know? Yeah. So um yeah, I guess the important thing to know is that it's it's not really shit all of the time. There will be days when good stuff happens in your life. Unrelated to baby loss, but you'll be able to to manage things and you'll feel better about yourself. But then you've got to be prepared and ready for when the crap happens, when people yeah. say things that they shouldn't or when announcements pop up on social media or when everyone's in that WhatsApp chat talking about what they're going to call the bloody baby. And yeah, anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You are, but I can, it comes from a wounded heart, right? Oh, yeah. I guess it does a bit. Yeah. Do you know the other trigger for me, which is worth mentioning because I imagine other people might be as messed up to, to feel the same. I used to get really triggered by weddings. You know, yeah. when you're at that age, when everybody goes, you, like one one year we had 10 weddings in a year. And uh, yeah, everyone around you is getting married, which means that also everyone around you is having babies. And I just sort of equated one thing to the other. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I remember you saying that about weddings and being like, right, oh, they'll be next then. They'll have a baby before me. Yeah, I, I literally, I would sit there throughout the ceremony, squeezing Scoop's hand, sometimes like actually crying a bit, pretending that it was the, you know, emotion of, wow, they're so in love, but thinking they're going to have a fucking baby before me, even though I started trying three years ago and have been through however many losses and and want it so much more I mean I don't know how much they wanted it but this is what would be going through my head and um yeah just and everyone at the wedding when they're at the age to get married all their friends are at the age to get married and have children and there'll be people with bumps and people who's oh this is my first night out after having the child and yeah like oh man you just sat in the corner getting pissed fucking obliterated yeah i can i can i have no trouble imagining yeah yeah i am down on the floor with auntie pam doing oops upside your head at 8 p.m <laughs> 8 p.m yeah. amazing yeah. yeah like taking out the kids on the dance floor as that's well that's it i hate yeah. it's always because like, i'm a wedding photographer i see this a lot oh no i'm that person yeah who <laughs> <laughs> who gets who's like slightly out of control but you don't want to say like you know you need you might want to go easy or how about you have a soft drink yeah you didn't say that to me bex no like, like my um so my brother and sister-in-law had a long a long journey to their their children and um i remember her saying that they got married the same year as william and kate you know, prince and, mm -hmm. and then one thing she found really hard is watching them then have their children because it's so public. Yeah, watching them have their children that must be a 
a really kind of interesting one as well because you know Meghan Markle had the miscarriage didn't mm-hmm. she and then she fell pregnant again and now she's had the baby and there must be so many people out there that feel so triggered by that because yeah. you have camaraderie with Meghan she's yeah. lost a baby I've lost a baby oh she I feel her I know her blah 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 and then she's pregnant again and you're like oh yeah I have felt really yeah. sort of um betrayed I have felt really betrayed by people when they've gone through miscarriage or baby loss I've poured my heart out to them shown mm. them support told them pointed them in the right direction and done all the things that I should have done and then they've gone and had a baby I'm like no way that's not fair that is not fair and I remember one friend I was out somewhere and I was giving her lots of support like two weeks later she announced her 12-week pregnancy and I was like oh my god I spent an hour of my night trying to support you and yeah you could have just said actually I'm 10 weeks pregnant right yeah, it's hard. And I, I I did a really similar thing in that I was going, I found out something about acupuncture and it was something that someone I know, <clears throat> my issue was echoed in someone that I know. And I phoned her and I was like, oh my God, I've just seen my acupuncturist. And he says this and he says that, and that could be our problem. We could, you know, this is something that we could do together. And, blah, blah, blah. and she was like, yeah. oh yeah, great. Blah, 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 blah. And then I, again, found out a couple of weeks later that she had been pregnant when we'd had that conversation. And you just feel like such a mug, don't you? Like, such oh. a mug. And and you shouldn't because they will have been thinking, oh, my oh goodness, my God, I feel God. so awful. And they yeah. would never for a million in a million years think, ha, 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 what loser. Unlucky. That's what you feel like, though, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's happened with so many people. Um, and, of course, you're not betrayed. And it's their news to share. And, yeah, it's just it's just very triggering. and it's completely the thing is that I think one of the one of the really hard things about um the community that we're in is that we know that we're being completely unreasonable you know it's unreasonable to be angry (laughs) about seeing someone's scam picture on on Facebook you know that and it almost makes it worse doesn't it because you're like yeah, there's no I'm reason not, why these people yeah. shouldn't share their pregnancy news. There's no that, reason why they shouldn't have a baby shower. It's yeah. just so hard to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Which brings us on nicely to the to the boundaries, right? Yeah, we need to come up with a few ideas, I think, of how we can sort of protect our emotions without shutting ourselves off, off from the world. And without but, really, like upsetting people as well because it's like you don't want to upset anyone do you no you don't so boundaries are incredible incredibly important in fact I'm I'm a keen boundary um person I always have been I'm not I'm not necessarily I've actually been a lot better at, at putting firm boundaries in and sticking to them since I lost the baby yeah my perspective altered and and my priorities changed and actually I I put up with a lot less shit now than I did do before snap I I remember back to my younger days pre-TTC I honestly I organized every event that there ever was every night out every party and I never missed anything and I was the last one there so when I met Scoop and he's like as much of a party animal as me, if not more. We were always the last ones standing at parties 
And we spent the first couple of years of our relationship just pissed at the weekends, out and partying and never, ever said no to anything. And then there was just this point sort of after a few years, I just I realised a few years of going through loss and stuff. I realised I need to say no. Otherwise, I'm just going to go to this thing and I'm just going to get wasted because I don't know how else to deal with it. And it was much easier to just not go. Um, but I went to the extreme and just shut myself off completely. Not f- not for all of that time, but for about six months to a year, I just didn't really interact with anyone. But I learned, I got to a point where I was like, I need to put boundaries in place. I didn't think that, but I just did. Like it's yeah. only recently since we talk about it more and I've written about it and tried to understand it, that I realised that's what I was doing. But And yeah. what did you say, so what sort of things did you do? What boundaries did you do? Well, no, what I did was go too far. I just didn't do anything. Oh, I see. Did you, do you think that you were, at, like, drinking was ever a problem for you? Getting pissed was, was a problem? No. When I went out and I was in a situation that I found difficult, I just would get drunk and be, like, the loud party animal. Would you? Do you never, like, um, was got drunk and then cried in the corner? Yeah, after a certain point, that happened quite a lot. Yeah, so it was easier to just not go. Yeah. I didn't want to have to put, I talk about my game face all the time. I didn't want to have to put it on because people think then that you're okay. And I just wanted to tell people that I'm not okay, but I didn't want to do it there and then. Yeah, it's really hard that one, isn't it? Because I wrote about that the other day on a post. I can't remember what it was, but it was like, oh, no one knows the heartache that lies beyond our smiles. Mm. And it's so true, isn't it, that you almost don't want to be the gregarious, like, hey, the fun has arrived. Yeah. Because you think that people will be like, oh, she's over it. Oh, she's yeah. good. Yeah, she's good. Oh, how's Bex? Yeah, yeah, she's absolutely fine. Life and soul, completely, completely yeah. okay. And actually, you want you want the attention. Like, you want the attention. You want people to be nice to you. And you want to say... I'm really hurting and struggling and yeah. I'm, I'm not okay. And it, I think it's very few people that can see that, can see past the uh, the facades that we, you know, the masks that we that we wear. You have to yeah. know really well, don't you? Yeah, totally. So mm. I've always said that what I did is not an example of how to do it. <laughs> but it's probably how you've, like, learnt, you know, you... you sometimes in life you do the wrong thing to realize what the right thing is don't you yeah 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 true true so why don't we talk about some healthier ways to set boundaries yeah (laughs) rather than what not to do um well there's the obvious isn't there there's the um the unfollowing of accounts yeah and that's interesting someone did you see someone put in our um pathway to recovery group the other day that someone advised them to set up a separate account because it's lovely being able to follow all of these people but it can be triggering yeah so setting up another account particularly for loss or trying to conceive or whatever um means that you can dip in and out of that stuff as and when you need it rather than it being you know you're looking at interiors and baking and then oh someone else is pregnant yeah yeah that's an idea but then um and that's easier that's an easier thing to do because it's not it's not anyone that you sort of 
you owe anything to um, and you haven't got to explain yourself. But things like WhatsApp groups or, you know, with with friends or family can be a little bit more difficult to um, sort of step away from. Yeah. But we think, like, telling people that you're doing it and why you're doing it is a good way to put up a boundary. Say, for example, you've got so-and-so's baby shower and you're all in the group and it's really shit. And then you can just send a message privately and say, look, just to let you know, I'm really struggling at the moment, so I am going to leave the group. Blood run yeah. up. Yeah. So think is if you're explaining yourself... So I, after my second miscarriage, so numbers one and two straight after each other, and then about two weeks after the second one, I hosted a baby shower for one of my friends. <laughs> That's nuts, isn't it? I know, right? So nuts. Um, and we started planning it before I was even pregnant, but my other friend who was organising it with me said, Laura, Laura, come on, you don't have to do this. And my mate whose baby shower it was, was like, why are you even what are you doing are you okay um but yeah just sort of threw myself into it that was that was miscarriages one and two so I still had the energy to put like a game face on you know um but as the years went on and yeah time went on I just would message people depending on who they were and how bad I felt at the time I would either say like you said I'm sorry I can't come I'm struggling or just I'm sorry, I can't make it. How about we go out for tea and cake on this date? So not actually have to explain myself because I don't want the energy of someone feeling sorry for me or for, you know, to make it a big deal. Just yeah. to just say, I, I can't make it. And they're not going to turn around and say, well, why not? Yeah. But, and, and I think also <clears throat> we we as humans think, overthink things a lot right so so in in the baby shower example like I'm sat here say say for example someone has a a friend of mine has a baby shower I'm sat here thinking fuck I need to go to this baby shower because I'm her friend and she's gonna and 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 what if I and if I say this and and not go and if I go and then I cry it would be horrendous and if I but then she's we've been friends since we're at school she's probably thinking Oh, yeah, if she comes, that'd be cool. If not, it doesn't matter. Yeah, she's probably thinking, oh, do you know, I don't want to have to put that pressure on her to come. But if I leave her out, then that's going to be even worse. Yeah. Or she's thinking, I would rather she didn't come because... I don't feel like I'd be able to celebrate properly. Yeah. Can you hear the rain now? I mean, it is horrendous. I can't hear rain. And so... Going back to things like pregnancy announcements, I think we've talked about this before, but we should probably just just cover it. It's important to tell people what you need from them, what you what you expect from them. If it's someone who's close to you, then um, and they know what you've been through, it shouldn't be any real surprise that this is something that you might struggle with. So we've talked about it several times but we have come to the conclusion that a text message is probably the easiest way but I mean whatever is the easiest way for you to receive this news tell them 
for yeah. us we think it's a text message because that way you you they can tell you before they announce it on Facebook or wherever and um you get the news and it gives you time to process it you can cry you can swear you can hate them for a minute or feel jealous whatever it may be send them a token you know congratulations I'm really happy for you message and then in a day or two once you've come round to the idea of it maybe then message them more and have a bit more of a conversation about it if that's something that you can deal with but if someone doesn't know that that's how you want to hear then they could really fuck up and tell you at your mate's wedding or while you're sat next to them at work it's yeah definitely and it's hard isn't it because I think from their perspective like when I think back to um things that I've done I phoned my a friend of mine who was really struggling to have children I phoned her to tell her that I was pregnant because from my perspective I wanted her to hear it from me I don't think a phone call's too bad don't you no I don't I there was one person that I phoned when I was pregnant with Bertie and it was someone who's I'm very close to and and I wanted them to hear it from me and they'd never said to me that they would prefer to hear it via a text message and it was something that we'd spoken about quite a lot out you know both of our struggles to to have a baby and they'd never said a text message and I felt like I sort of owed it to her yeah but I didn't want to do it face to face because I know how triggering that can be so I thought a phone call it's not quite as difficult to do it's not quite a text message but it's a little bit more personal so yeah I don't think it's a phone call is a definite no-no yeah I suppose in a way like at least through the phone call you can assess that like and be like oh are you out and about or have you got five minutes to talk whereas you can't really control where a text message is read can you true yeah yeah it'd be interesting to see what other people think yeah how how like it's it's never going to be a nice thing to hear but how would you like to be told yeah and this is all part of creating the boundary isn't it so that people so that when you get the news it's easier to manage and it's kind of on more on your terms. And it's this, this idea of control. Exactly. Let's face it, we have control over so little in our lives. And yeah. this is so out of our control that yeah. I think that even if it is just a kind of mirage of control, can't make the right words. Like a, Yeah, I think it is because it allows you preparation, right? So that to be able to cope with these feelings and these situations better... You have to know what's coming. Yeah. Everyone wants to be supportive. Like every big thing, people like to help, to offer help, don't they? Like No one wants to upset you or piss you off, do they? No. And people like to feel useful. People, you know, people love rallying around and, and helping people. And I think with the the subject as a whole, people generally really want to be able to say the right thing and really want yeah. to for comfort so if you like that surely there's nothing better than you tell it saying your nearest and dearest I really appreciate everything you're doing for me this is what I need from you well actually it's funny you should say that Bex because we have done an episode all for family and friends yeah we and have. about how they can support us through this so for more details about that then go and go and listen to that episode um yeah, it's on there. It's a bonus episode for family and friends. Yeah, I guess the only other thing 
to mention is those um, awkward questions from people. Um, and we can think about our answers to those in advance. So the Auntie Pat asking when you're going to crack on and have children or yeah, when you're going to try again or don't you think so-and-so needs a sibling, all of those sorts of questions. You'll all no doubt have been asked these sorts of things lots of times, but just come up with a with a with an answer, a response that... Response. Yeah, basically shuts them up, but without being an arsehole. You can be an arsehole if you want. Yeah, or just say, oh, I'd rather not speak about that, Auntie Pat. We're trying, you know, we're keeping that private. Or oh, something that we've been struggling with, I'd rather not not talk about it. Yeah, it's it's difficult as well, isn't it? Because it's this, it, you know, the privacy of our fertility is, is a choice, should be a choice, not an instruction. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is hard when people ask about it. I think the trouble is with being, if you're one of these people that's open about your fertility struggles, then you will find that people do ask you about it. Yeah. Um, if they ask you about it, it's most likely them being ballsy and saying, I know that she's going through shit and I want to support her. So I'm not going to ignore it because we've been told that the worst thing to do is not say anything. So I'm going to, I want to talk about it with her. Um, so it can be really difficult to approach someone and discuss things that you're not comfortable discussing, i.e., oh, how are things going with you? I get it all the time. Are you still trying? And all of that sort of stuff. And it's really kind of people to not ignore what I'm going through. But equally, a lot of the time I'm like, oh, no, we're on a break, even if we're not. Yeah, it's easier to say that. Yeah, so just prepare those answers and it makes those um, triggers a lot less triggering. Yeah, definitely. I think if you've got a condition, even if it just feels like lip service, it doesn't It doesn't really yeah. matter, does it? It just gets you through. Yeah. Um, and if it makes you feel good, because I know that lots of people feel very strongly that their fertility is none of anyone else's business, right? Mm-hmm. So it, if it makes you feel, like, empowered to be able to say, like, nicely and politely... Um, I don't I'm, I don't feel comfortable discussing this you know I'm not I'm not in a position to um talk about this with anyone I find it is a private matter yeah great you don't have to be rude about it do you no no and or you can be a little bit honest and just say oh actually we're really struggling it's been a few years now so uh yeah and then they'll probably get all like hashtag orcs with you and uh then won't want to discuss it any further or they'll say oh well my cousin's best friend yeah she tried acupuncture <laughs> or some other... no I'm only joking yeah. if yeah. you go to the third stone along the uh a272 at 5 45 p.m and lick it yes you'll probably get pregnant yeah yeah or just relax just relax it'll happen it'll happen yeah Anyway, that's for a different podcast. <laughs> I can't believe you let that go without mentioning your book. Oh, what, my book? Yeah. Why would I have mentioned that? Oh, I don't know. I heard that you wrote a book. Oh, yeah. It's called It Will Happen. Available in all good bookstores. Yes. Go on Amazon, write a review. Did I say, did you post that it had been out of stock? Yeah. No. I know. I've got to stop buying my own book. (laughs) 
All right. Well, should we go then? Let's. All right, mate. I will um, see you soon. All right. Ta-ra for now. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review, and we'll see you next week. And to find out more about our Pathway to Recovery, please visit our website. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.